Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Today we're taking our reading um, from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the seventh chapter. Jesus is teaching about various things, warning about false teachers, danger of profession uh, without faith speaks about the old testament righteousness and the new testament righteousness speaks about the foundations of the gospel his teaching this is jesus teaching and we get to the 28th verse where the point of interest today is the bible says it came to pass when jesus had ended these sayings the people were astonished astonished, astonished at his doctrine. The people were amazed, they were astonished at his doctrine. Verses 29, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. He taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. That is so deep. Now, you're reading the story of Jesus. You are being blessed by the work of his ministry and the instructions are coming clearly from the Son of God concerning how to live our lives as believers and as men who have professed to commit our lives to God by faith. And in all of these things that Jesus has greatly taught us, instructions that have come for us that have sustained human history you find a portion of scripture like this where the man is teaching and preaching he's teaching and preaching and after he's finished teaching the bible says they are astonished at his doctrine perhaps it was a deep thing that they were hearing or a communication full of wisdom had conversation that captivated their soul but the bible says for he taught them as one having authority. So we understand why they were astonished. Something gripped their souls, their minds, because this was a man speaking as one having an authority and not as the scribes. So they're giving us a comparison of two ministers. One is preaching or teaching as a teacher, as a scribe, as a writer, simply interpreting and giving to people. And he could do it in the best way in the most prolific presentation. He could be the most distinct orator. He could present it deeper in language than anybody. But the Bible tells us here that there was a difference between the greatest scribes when they taught, the Pharisees when they taught, from this man when he started speaking. The Bible says when he spoke, men were astonished because of the authority from which he spoke. If you read the Amplified Version of verses 29, the Bible is clear. He was teaching as one who had, listen, and was authority. He was teaching as one who had and was authority and not as did the scribes. He was teaching as one who had an authority in the spirit, but he was also teaching as one who was an authority in the spirit. That's so deep. To speak with authority and as an authority. So the people observing this see the difference. They say, no, 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 no. This man is different. He's not just speaking. He's speaking from a certain place. He's speaking with a certain authority. So before I go deep into explaining this, imagine you were pitching a business deal. And then people come with all the most wonderful presentations they can give. And after they speak, you, mister, come in. 
and then you speak for 15 minutes or perhaps you don't even come with the slides of presentation like the rest of the people who came earlier or perhaps have you ever you know like you go for the interview and you've gone to an alien place you don't know anybody nobody knows you you don't know anyone you just threw in your papers you even shocked they called you for an interview yeah and then you enter this interview place at the waiting area and then you find like 20 guys there and all of them have come for the same job and then everyone comes in with their own shape and color everyone comes in with their own gusto and attitude one guy comes in and even the way he's smelling it's enough for you to disqualify yourself he's putting on cologne he's putting on a very nice suit hey hey hi how are you doing you good he has a good accent then he sits there then you find another lady coming in she's also so smart and then another guy comes in he even knows everyone by the way who works in that day hey hey you're here good to see you the interviewer comes in even points at the guy and tells you see you eh it's as if they're just fulfilling all righteousness but they know who to give the job to somebody has ever been in that situation now you enter with every point disqualifying you and you speak and then you go out and then these interviewers are saying there is something about that woman i don't know what it is i don't know what it's called perhaps they don't have a language for it they say but i think this is the guy to do it this is the woman to hire there's something special about her why he or she spoke with a certain authority and as an authority somebody shout hallelujah in Jesus's day there were many things to disqualify him he was not learned after the manner of the Pharisees he was not raised in the temple like those men the Gamaliels which were called doctors of the law so there were many things to disqualify Jesus look at this man born and raised in a normal family a son of a carpenter you know he's a normal guy and the man starts speaking and all of their jaws drop. Pa. You understand what I'm saying? Imagine that if you're selling a product. Imagine that if you're proposing. <laughs> Imagine that if you are campaigning and you're a politician. You're vying for a certain seat somewhere. Imagine that kind of grace or authority when you are ministering to a sick person. Imagine that kind of authority if you were speaking before a president, if you were speaking before a king, if you were winning a soul and somebody so convinced of their agnosticism or atheism, they are wise in their own way and they understand things differently and perhaps they're even more argumentative than you are they can even ask questions that you cannot answer but then you have something inside you tell your neighbor the authority of the spirit will introduce you beyond any argument the authority of the spirit will introduce you beyond any argument the authority of the Spirit will introduce you beyond any reasoning. The authority of the Spirit will introduce you in the hearts of people beyond any debate. You see, there are places where people debate, is she, isn't she? Does she, doesn't she? But there's a place where the authority of the Spirit separates you that a man will not need to hear any reason why you're not. Somebody shout hallelujah. So the Bible says that Jesus spoke with such an authority. He spoke with authority, but as one who was an authority. And the Bible says, and not as the scribes. Not as the scribes. It's important for us to walk this journey. I want to take you somewhere today and help you understand that you see, every believer needs power with men. Every believer needs power with men. Every believer needs power with the things of this earth both living and unliving. I've told you the three realms of power. You need to have power with people. You need to communicate and be hard without speaking so much. You need to get to a place where you don't need to say much to be understood. You need to get to a place where you don't need to explain yourself for a man to get an answer about you. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's authority. Thy people shall be willing in thine day of power. Somebody shout, Amen. You need a certain authority with even those things that don't have life. 
The Bible says they give distinctions of sound. You need a certain authority with the things that are not living. You need a certain authority with the land that you're stepping in. You need a certain authority with the trees that you bypass. When you study the life of Jesus, this was a man who had authority over every realm in the spirit. A tree refuses to give him fruit, he will cast it and it will die immediately because he had a certain place of authority. He speaks to men and they respond. Look at what he gave the early church. Let me tell you why the church early was a threat. The real problem with the church early. Remember the disciples. He has ascended to heaven. Then he has left the church in the upper room and they are praying and they are filled with the Holy Spirit. And when they are filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, as people are celebrating Pentecost, somehow they hear these men speaking each man in the language of another. You remember the story? So Peter comes out of these people, out to see these people who are not with them in the upper room. And the story is given that Peter lifted up his voice and started to preach. When you read the words Peter preached, they don't go beyond 15, 20 minutes of speech. They cannot go. Even if he spoke them as slow, or perhaps maybe if what is written was, you know, conclusion of the words that should have been spoken. But after Peter spoke, after Peter spoke, the Bible says, they all lift their voices to him and they say, what will you want us to do? The Bible says they were pricked in their hearts. Acts 2.37, they were pricked in their heart and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men, brethren, what shall we do? What do you want us to do now? Yes, we came to celebrate Pentecost, but we have had something that has changed our program. We have had something that has changed our plans. We have had something that has changed our visions. We have had something that has changed our aspirations. What do you want us to do? Imagine a man speaking for 15, 20 minutes and they ask you, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? Imagine you are a junior employee in a company and you're standing before your bosses and then you speak for 10 minutes and then they say, what do you suggest we should, oh, oh, what do you suggest we should do? Are you hearing me? Imagine you are a minister and you are speaking before people. All of these are unlearned in your ways and they listen to you for 10, 15 minutes and then they say, what do you want me to do? That's authority. God wants to give somebody something. God wants to start something in you. God wants to establish something in somebody's life today. That is the power. They were pricked in their heart. I'm not talking about mighty orators. I'm not talking about people who are eloquent in speech. I'm talking about people who have understood the power of how to build divine authority in the inside of your spirit. Every child of God needs to function in this glory someday, any day. Let me say it that way, someday, any day. That's what made the church dangerous. That's why the church was persecuted. Because men spoke for 15 minutes what governments invest billions and billions and billions of dollars to put into the hearts of people. They're writing laws, establishing legislations or rules, provisions. They're doing all these kinds of things. They're putting cameras. They're putting surveillance cameras to make sure that you don't mess up because if you're not watched, if you don't know that you're watched, you could mess up. You see, they're putting traffic lights on the road because they know that if you don't have a light to stop you, you might overrun even what is basic judgment and then ram into somebody's car or kill somebody. They even put police officers, traffic officers on the road to make sure that we know that some of you, even with the lights, you will break that code and go through. All of that is a lot of money. They're equipping nations with nuclear warheads, atomic bombs, ballistic missiles, all manner of Weapons, the guns that are in the world, that are in houses, especially in developed nations. They have built tankers. They have built drones that are flying in the air. Why? Because they cannot control a human being. That is why any government would tell you there is no price to security. There is no price to security. They will pay for anything for a nation to be secure, for a people to be secure. 
you have built a wall around your home you've put electricity over it you know your gate is manned by police officers you understand you have built everything around you what are you building them for are you building walls so that lions don't come for you no human beings are you putting electricity hedges on your wall such that uh, birds don't come into it no human beings we are paying so much in the world to have power and control over human beings because we know what is in them and the man speaks for 30 minutes and a human being a thief is in there a murderer is in there you know a, a crazy man is in there an indifferent person is in there a jealousy person is in there and an envious person is in there a vengeful person is in there every manner of people, bad attitudes people who have perverse lips every manner of madness poorly brought up from all manner of family they stand there and everyone in their own madness Are you hearing me? He's celebrating Passover and a man speaks for 20 minutes, 30 minutes and every man's will submits itself to a man's voice and says, "What do you want us to do?" In different people call that manipulation. Yeah, some manipulate. But some don't manipulate. Some people have a certain authority and they know how to operate in it. because it's one of the liberties of the spirit what is authority let me help us understand to have authority is to be given a right or permission to have authority is to be given a right to do something or permission to do something and you are given that right or permission by somebody who has the ability to give it to you somebody less than you cannot give you authority You understand what I'm saying? They are yielding. They don't give authority to you. Let us understand this. I mentioned sometime recently when Paul is teaching that these I speak by permission and not of command. These I speak by permission and not of commandment. There are things that are in the realm of command when it comes to the gospel. and there are things that are in the realm of permission this i speak by permission or authority and not commandment so he's saying i'm speaking these things if you read that from the amplified version for example he says i'm saying this more as a matter of permission and concession somebody has agreed with him and allowed him there is a work in him his faithfulness and commitment toward god can allow him to say certain things that are not necessarily commanded to be said they are not wrong in that right but i want you to understand that sometimes even when we have a generic authority with us as believers all of us have authority isn't it by the bible i've given you power i've given you authority you shall rebuke devils in my name cast out devils you shall heal the sick cleanse the leper all of that is authority given to the church but not everybody has the ability to function It seems as though that God has given us the permission to do it but not everybody has the ability to walk and function in that permission. That's the same authority that goes to a cancer and that cancer will listen to you. That's the same authority that goes in a blind eye and tells it open and that blind eye will listen. I'm talking about the power for the things that are living and unliving to listen to you because everything God has created under the earth has a mind. It has an intellect. You just don't know that it does, but it has an intellect. The ground you're standing on has a mind. It has an intellect. By what power does it germinate a seed? By what power does it germinate a seed? Everything in the world has a certain intellect and it has people or things that it can respond to. That is why people in the world are poor. Because you see money was never meant to be made. Money was meant to answer. You get it? For anything to know how to answer, it should know who calls it or you should know how to call it. 
I'm not saying that we don't believe in hard work. I'm a hard worker. I always say that. And I don't like people around me who don't work. That's for a fact. But it's not the guarantee of the blessing that God has given you through Christ. No. That particular blessing is based on his principles. And he has told you, labor not to be rich. Because I did not call you to become rich by your labor. That means labor in purpose. But do not labor to be rich. Don't go to work because you want to be rich. That's not how Christians become rich. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's not how believers become rich. You might disagree with me either because you're not a believer or because you don't know God. And that's okay if you don't know him. One day you will know him. But when he says, labor not to be rich, cease from your own wisdom. It means it takes so much of your own carnal human wisdom to think that by hard labor, you will become rich. Because that's not how I make men rich. So he says, he has told you, money answereth all things. It knows how to answer. You just need to know how to call it as a child of God. So separate your wealth from your labor. Labor is purpose. You can find yourself working in an organization because of purpose. You find yourself working in a certain institution because of purpose. But do not be confused to think that your destiny and your wealth and success are based on that company. On the contrary, for us, the success of those companies is based on our presence. Everywhere I worked, I always told myself, this business is a success because I'm here. I always tell myself, because I'm here. Hallelujah. Now, it's arrogant to say it, but it's the truth. Uganda is prospering because I'm in Uganda. You can also say it. You have the choice to say it. And you have the choice to say, look at this guy. He's so proud. Listen, who else? Did he not say that righteousness exalts a nation? I entire the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hello, I entire the righteousness of God in Christ. Yeah, so I have that consciousness that my nation is a success because I'm here. We will not see war in this nation because I'm here. That's what I say. That's who I am. That's what the Bible has taught me to say. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's what the word of God has. See, some of you, the challenge we're dealing with is not even the problems you have with doctrine. The challenge we have is you are so indifferent to the identity that we have in Christ Jesus. Many of you, your consciousness is not washed, it's not consecrated and aligned to the mind of God. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he might instruct him? He says, we have the mind of Christ. Do you know what it means to hold the very mind of Christ? You see, God is not telling you, do what Jesus would do. No, God is telling you, this is love made perfect that you might have confidence on that day for us he is so are we in this world. And because as he is, so are we. Our biggest responsibility is to renew our minds every day until we adapt new ideals, new attitudes, until we get to a place where we think as Jesus thinks. Somebody shout amen. amen. That is why you never see Jesus struggle over money. You need money, go to the mouth of a fish and get enough taxes for you and myself. Are you hearing me? He's with 5,000 people, but it doesn't matter whether they have food or they don't. What is on him knows how to get them everything that they need. He tells the disciples, when I sent you without money, without a pass, without shoes, did you lack anything? And they told him we did not lack anything. They said we lacked nothing. Why? Because he sent them. Are you hearing me? Not because they were hard workers. No, he sent them. When he told them, go. That command went with a certain authority of all necessary provision. That is why no man or woman of God who was sent by God should say that we are struggling financially in the ministry. Unless either you were not sent by God or you don't know how God sends people. Perhaps you were sent by men. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible to be sent by men and think that God has sent you. But if you were sent by God into that marriage, he will provide. If you were sent by God into that business, he will provide. If you were sent by God into that commitment, he will see you through. If you were sent by God into that project, it doesn't matter how many people are against you. This word comes with a certain authority. This is why we can rely on the word of God. Because... It has its own authority. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. So Jesus did not only speak with, he was authority. Why? Because he was the word that became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his only glory as the only true son of God, begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. This is the word in the flesh. This is the word of God in the flesh. So he's not just with authority, he is the authority. That is why I tell people, know how the word works. Let me say this, know how the word works. You need to know how to build a relationship with the word of God enough to accept the power and authority that it comes with. Not every man who reads this Bible and proclaims these words gets the answers of these words that they speak because many people don't know how to connect to that life that gives you the power and authority. I'm trying to help somebody here because you can confess things for 20 years and still not have the results of those things. You can confess things for 30 years and still not have the results of those things. You can even pray. See, the disciples of Jesus Christ come to him and tell us, teach us how to pray. Yeah, like John the Baptist has taught his own. Teach us how to pray. Like John also taught his disciples. So he says, that means John had a way he was praying. And when men saw him, the authority by which he prayed, they were captivated and asked, can you teach us how to pray the way you pray? Now the disciples of Jesus come and they say, mm -mm, this is deeper. They didn't say, teach us the prayer John taught his disciples. No, they say, no, for us, we are with you. We're not with John. We're not with John. We know the authority on John, but we're not with John. We are with you. Teach us also to pray. The way John taught his disciples to pray. Because there is something we see with John and his disciples. We want that thing which is working in you to also start working in us. These are men who have come to the realization that this man is not just a normal man. There is a way he has certain results. There is a way he has certain solutions. There is a way he has certain answers. There is a certain anointing and glory under which he is functioning. Connect us. Some people don't even have the humility to humble yourselves to learn from a man from whom it's working for. That's why you must understand how to relate with greatness. If you find somebody there, success in something, connect and understand by what authority they command these things. Because for you, directly you might think, no, they're just good workers, hard workers. No, they're deeper than being hard workers. There is something in them that works through them to command those things to respond to them a certain way. There are no coincidences in the spirit. There are no coincidences in the spirit. We have been teaching this word from as long as you know us. Seeking God before you for as long as you know us. You understand what I'm saying? When you see that word starting to work, because I look back at some of you who are married now, have children, and I remember how you looked like when you first came to this ministry. And I'm like, wow, the word actually works. For the Bible says you are my reward in the gospel. Some of you had the nastiest attitudes, but somebody can even step on you and bypass you. I know a lady in the ministry, the brother phoned me and said, you know why I come to your church here? My sister had failed to change. But when she changed, I said, no, I need to listen to this man. If he can change that one, <laughs> he can change someone. I don't know what she used to do. But he said, if you can change my sister, then I know you can change anyone. You understand? Some of you, oh, if I can just get to that calendar and reverse and just rewind 10, 15 years back, seven years, some of you even three years. Oh my God. You'd need traffic lights, guns, policemen around you. You understand? You'd need every kind of human restraint to have you alive. Are you hearing me? But you are the most harmless human being in the world now because the word of God has authority over your life. Somebody shout hallelujah, glory to God. So, you see, the reason why we emphasize the ministry of the Holy Spirit, because he is the only instructor, primal instructor, to how we function in the authority of the word. He is the primary instructor in how we function, how we are to operate in the authority of the word God has given us. Let me tell you, this word is nothing when a man does not have the Holy Spirit. It's useless. Do you know how many people have killed others because of this? How many marriages are broken because of this? How many lives are at stake because of this? How many people right now are 
in hospital right now. Somebody's on their deathbed right now because they got the wrong doctrine, the wrong teaching. You understand what I'm saying? You must understand why we emphasize the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Because when you start to hear the voice of God behind what is written and the authority in which he speaks, because you see, the validation of truth is authority. That's the validation of truth. Truth can only be validated by the power a man has or by the authority under which somebody speaks that word. It is as true as the authority from where it speaks. The Bible speaks of people who desire to be teachers, not knowing what they say, neither from where they affirm these things. They carry no affirmation of spirit because they have not learned how to relate with the person of the Holy Spirit. They have not learned how to relate with the person of the Holy Spirit. I'll give you a little story for you to understand what I mean. One day, in my earlier years of ministry, when I just started ministry, I believe it was a university, and um, I was invited in a certain school, a single school, St. Lawrence, I think, Horizon, I think. Was it a girl's school or something? And uh, during that period, God was teaching me the power of our words, the authority that we carry with the words that we have. And I remember very good Sunday evening, these kids were told there was a preacher coming and I enter this whole dining hall full of many kids, many, many of them, perhaps there were maybe about a thousand, close to a thousand, there were many. Somehow they all came. And I remember I started ministering, started teaching. I taught, I taught, I taught, I taught, I taught. But have you ever taught in a room where everyone is indifferent? Some are in the back talking, others are walking, others are writing things, others are, you know, giving each other high five, reminding themselves of a few of them are attentive, and, you know. So I taught. I just stayed true to the course and I continued teaching, I continued teaching, I continued teaching. And I could tell that about 30% of the kids or 40% in that room were hearing. The rest were not hearing. So my words were just flowing over their heads. Now I remember towards the end, I tell everyone, stand up. Some stayed down. Said, put up your hands, everyone. And then I just said, Holy Spirit, Father, I thank you. Because you're going to vindicate every word I have spoken. The power of God entered that room like a wind. Like a wind. It hit almost every girl in that room and went out and started hitting kids who were passing in the compound. The next thing I hear, people's daughters are screaming under the power of the Holy Spirit. Some are rolling demons, are moving. You understand? The power of God hit that room that even it scared I. Are you hearing me? It scared me too. And kids were hit. Some were under the chair. Some were rolling. Some were screaming. Some demons were manifesting. You understand? They didn't know how to stop the service. The people outside are getting slain in the grass. People passing outside. Others who were not even a part of the meeting were getting slain. Service ends and I'm walking out and I just find bodies slain on the road as I'm going to the car. I find bodies slain in the grass everywhere. The administration said, never bring back that man again. Never bring him back again. What has he done? What has he done to these kids? Later on, I'm told some stayed slain the whole evening. Now, some, but what power is that? Somebody said, what power is that? And I want to ask them, what power do you know? What do you know? Because you can debate when you don't even know anything about the power of the Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? By the time I was done with that service and I walked back, in fact, I remember some just followed me to the car. They were not saying anything. They were just following. They were not saying anything. They were following me. Do you know getting into the car to drive and some are still running? 
following the car. They don't know what to do. Because something has gotten their attention and it was in just a sentence. And it came with an authority that has altered their life. And many of them are members of Fanero now. Some have grown up, they are women, they are married, they have children. I've seen for them, their day of conversion was that day. It was that day. That means what I could not speak in one hour could come just by the urgency of the Holy Spirit. What I could not communicate could come because I had somebody. The Bible calls him one who sticks with you. He is there. He's there with you. He's your helper. Somebody shout hallelujah. He's the one who says, you know what? If they cannot understand you, let me put something on you for which they are not able to contain with. And that is what I speak upon your life. That you see, you're not going to enter alone. You're not going to enter courts alone. You're not going to enter ministry alone. You're not going to enter those jobs alone. No, you will go with the person of the Holy Spirit. He will introduce you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. That one, when you understand how he works, you are in the place of authority. Because with him, once you are at that level, you don't even need to speak much. The authority on your spirit can command power even with the movement with your hands or your fingers. Somebody shout hallelujah. When that anointing comes through, when that glory comes through, and then you finally realize that I'm not just saying something, but there's somebody behind me speaking. There's somebody ready to back up the words that I'm speaking. It is beautiful because with that one, you don't need an accent. With that one, you don't need to be a good orator. With that one, you don't even need to construct the words right. You just need to make one sentence and he will translate it and interpret it with a sentence an authority that will get into the hearts of men and change their destinies. Some of you, some of you, the first time you had me, your life changed for good. You were lost. 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 You had had ministry, preachers, what? You had everything. And then you had one person. And then you're like, this is what I'm looking for. That means you were searching. You are searching. That is why I feel sorry for somebody who can come against that. You understand what I'm saying? Against that. Because it's not us. No. We don't have that power. Without the Holy Spirit, listen, even the ground you're standing on can disobey you and make you fall. But when you have this person, when you have this kind of authority, that is how we speak into the wombs of barren women and say that you are going to have a child and that woman will conceive. One of the couples that had uh, twins, do you know somebody, they get a complication, a person gets a complication in the womb and the doctors say, we fear you might not give birth. And they come to you and say, since they say it, they fear that we might not give birth. Apostle, we want two. We want two. Because they know who they have believed. Are you hearing me? That kind of boldness. And God gives them to. To show the devil that, look, you can't match what we have. You cannot match what we have. Satan cannot match what you have. Somebody shout hallelujah. So you find a Christian worried, losing sleep because their boss has said nonsense about them. Do you know what you have? You find a preacher, he's lost peace because somebody spoke about him. No, listen, when they're done speaking, Open your mouth. Just open your mouth and speak the word of God. Just speak the word of God because that's what God has given you. That's all you have. Some of us, this is all we have. It has given us everything. That even if I lost everything, I know how to get it back with this because I know how it came. You see, some of us just are not here by coincidence. We learned the way. Are you hearing me? If you get a man and get him from his place and throw him somewhere when he knows the way back, he'll find his way back. It's a difference from a man who just landed somewhere where he didn't even know the way to take him back. No, we know the way. He is the way. 
He is the truth. He is the life. Nobody gets to the Father except through Him. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. But when I see Jesus, this man spoke simple words. But up to today, you read them before a crippled person, bones that are so crippled, and then you start preaching in 10 minutes, and then you see people screaming, and they're throwing clutches up, because you're just reading, you're narrating what the man said. But even with the word and authority that he has spoken them, because he's an authority, we just need to quote him, and the power is already present. The authority, the very same authority is already present for this is love made perfect that you might have confidence on the day of crisis for as he is, so are you in this world. Why are Christians suffering? Why are Christians struggling? Why are you failing in your marriages? Why are you failing in your businesses? Why are your careers and ministries failing? You have not understood the helper. You don't know yet how to relate with him. You don't know how to connect with him to receive the authority that only the word can have. See, you you can claim everything but like I said in the beginning the Bible says the earth was without form it was void it was empty and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Bible says and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters the Spirit of the Lord was there and then God said let there be light what was the Holy Spirit doing? You think the Holy Spirit was a passive observer? No. The Holy Spirit was the active power of life that was affecting everything that the Father commanded. That is authority. Without the person of the Holy Spirit, you have no authority. Or whatever you speak is just nothing. It's useless. It has no life in it. But when you have the Holy Spirit, when you have related with Him a certain way, some people don't know how humble the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is so humble, so humble, that He can only lead as He serves. He doesn't know how to lead without serving. That's just the Spirit of God. That's why when Jesus came, the Bible says the Son of God came not to be served, but to serve. Yes, people served him, but his primary mandate was to serve, not to be served. You see, let this mind be in you as was in Christ, for who found it no robbery to be like unto God? But he humbled himself, and he came in the form of a servant and in the likeness of a man, and then he dwelt with us, being found in our fashion. You see? But don't you know that Jesus was leading the movement of salvation? He was. But he came serving. The Holy Spirit. And that's the thing that many people don't understand. He will never lead you if you can never let him serve you. Are you hearing me? That's the heart of God. And once you understand that service, you receive it with so much humility. So much humility. Because what can you do without him? What makes you think that you can minister without him? What makes you think that you can work without him? What makes you think that you can build without him? What makes you think that you can see a miracle without him? It's not possible. See, we don't know how to build that relationship. Every day we're claiming that authority given to us. See, people are claiming, oh, God has given us authority. He has given us authority. Yeah, yeah, he's given authority. But who is the active life to execute and serve for that authority? It's the person of the Holy Spirit. That's the difference between us and the world. That's the difference between people who know God and people who don't know God. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, this is what I feel, that somebody tonight is getting connected to a very deep relationship where we, the certain authority of God, is going to start functioning and working in your life beyond what you are able to explain yourself. And it's okay if you're not understood. You're not meant to be understood. They don't understand him either. 
But that moment when you know that he is with you and he is ready, he is ready. Sometimes when I'm on crusades and I'm preaching, if you've noticed, I don't preach for so long on crusades. If you've noticed, my sermons on crusades are usually 30 minutes. I don't teach for an hour or so. But this is something so remarkable that has happened on almost every remarkable healing crusade that I've been. When we are preaching and you're teaching and you're teaching and you're teaching, there's a place where he starts giving, you know, the person of the Holy Spirit is with you and he's throwing things into your spirit. He's throwing things into your spirit. He's throwing things into your spirit. As you're speaking, you're seeing, you're reading, you're connecting to whatever he's saying. And there's that moment when as you are speaking, in the middle there, as he's giving you all the inspiration, as you're speaking, usually for me in the crusades a lot, as I'm getting to the end of it, even when I don't know yet it's the end, I hear him say, now let's go. Now I'm ready. Now let's go. Now, now we're ready. Are you hearing me? When you hear that voice say, now I'm ready, the rest of the words you're speaking are yours. They're not his. Because it's telling you, we have gotten them to the point where we want them healed. And we see that there's enough the Holy Spirit sees the faith and he says, now the faith, everything is in tandem and in tune. We're ready to heal. Are you hearing me? If you continue teaching, you'll just start seeing him, you know, <laughs> telling you, look, you can continue, but I'm going to put something here that shows that you've spoken enough. And you see him starting to move in the congregation and the miracles are happening. And all you need to do is to jump to where he is and just continue. I see miracles. People are getting healed. You understand what I'm saying? If you've noticed in some of the crusades, some of them, I start even proclaiming if I start to pray. Oh, I can pray shortly. Then I start proclaiming. People are doing this. People are getting healed. I see somebody with a crippled leg. I see this. As I'm making those proclamations, I'm actually seeing. He's showing me. Spiritually, I can see. I'm seeing the whole activity. And then you come out of that crusade and it's like a movie. It's like a football match. You are just commenting. You understand what I'm saying? It is so beautiful. It is so beautiful. Because it makes you vulnerable every time. You can never get used to him. You can never get used to it. Because you have no control over it. It's not you. It's just him. He just comes. And to see that he is leading but he is serving. They are not seeing him. They're seeing you, the man on the pulpit. So the best you can be is to decrease that at the end of the day, Christ might be seen in you and nothing else. Listen, this thing can enter a company and do likewise. This thing can enter a school and do likewise. That is why I don't understand how you can be in a university and you are this born again and anointed and you come out just as a graduate. How? 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 We shook our universities until the reverend, man, for us, we went in meetings. Reverend, someone does every time. Every time. Your fire is too much, they said. Your fire is too much, they used to say. You pray in a room and people get slain outside. And then there is someone near the administration. What is that power that is slaying people who are going to the library? You understand? But it's also not you. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? How can you leave a university like that? How can you leave your nation like that? How can you leave your community like that? How can you just live in a village and you're just this born-again person who enjoys the Holy Spirit in your little small two-bedroomed house? And then you're comfortable? No. Allow this thing to come out of you and touch and change the world. That is why I know that you will never be normal people. You cannot be normal people. Because the one who changes normal to super normal is with you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Raise your voice and start to speak to God. Come on, speak. Yahweh, Yahweh. Yahweh, Yahweh. Come on, speak in other tongues. Speak 
Robo zika tabade koshala la bareli bazede. Rika makoshala bareli bakobra de kosinde mokoshira baralini. Rabo de koshira barade mokosatara baradi. Japarobo rabande koshara baradi mosatara balala. Jabrodobo koshika la 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 barali bakoshara bali. My heart's prayer for you is that may you operate in such an authority like the world has never seen before. I decree upon your life that men are going to be astonished at what comes out of you. They are going to be astonished at your confessions. They are going to be astonished at your wisdom. They are going to be astonished at your creations. They are going to be astonished at your art. They are going to be astonished with your voice in your worship, in your songs. They're going to be astonished in the way you live life. They're going to be astonished in the way you work at your workplace. They're going to be astonished in the way you run your marriage. They're going to be astonished in the way you conduct your life. In Jesus' name we have prayed and believed. Amen. If you've never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you shed your blood for my sins and was raised for my glory. Amen. 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 Tell him I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I'm born again. I'm born again. Hallelujah. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at UMA Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Venero, make manifest.